If you feel a bit all over the place with the content you're creating and sharing and where you're sharing it, then listen to this because my guest has a lovely calmness about her as well as over 20 years experience as a marketeer and she's so down to earth and she'll remind us all to connect the dots. What do I mean by that? What does she mean by that? Well, you better listen. This is Unsquashed. I'm your host, Trisha Lewis. Engage your detective mindset and let's get ready to solve the mystery of the squashed self. My guest is a straightforward digital marketing support person and her name is Kate Chiswick. And she really is all about connecting the dots, reducing your stress when it comes to digital marketing. Loads of experience. Kate's based up in Leamington Spa. And well, anyway, let's just get on with the conversation. Here she is, Kate Chiswick. Actually, talking about names, can you just share the story of your business name? Because you recently wrote a post about this, which I just loved. Get, just just give us a little potted um, yeah. sequence of events. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so I shared that post this morning, actually, so very timely. Um, yeah, it was it was one of these, I'd, I'd been brainstorming it for months when I started my business, trying to come up with the business name, the one to have, rather than just Kate Chiswick Consulting or Kate Chiswick Marketing. And I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I thought, catchy. So K-A from Kate and C-H-I from Chiswick. And I was like, okay, well, does it mean anything? So I went on to Google, as you do, obviously not three o'clock in the morning, but the next day. Um, went on to Google, trying to find out what it means. And in Japanese, it means value, worth and merit. Now, I'm not 100% trustworthy of Google and the content on there. So I then checked it with my brother-in-law who speaks Japanese. And he validated it. So I was like, thank you. It doesn't mean something rude or disrespectful in Japanese, which is the worst you could have with any sort of company name. Um, and so, yeah, that was it. That's the, the birth of the name of Catchy Marketing. Yeah, there was actually one further step to it, something about bulldozers. There, there is, actually, there is about a tank. So, yeah, last year I found out that Catchy is also a Japanese war tank. Um, so, so it's sort of the, the, the sort of the turnaround in that story is that if you like a marketer to come in and bulldoze for your projects and get them all sorted, then I could be the person for you. Isn't that great, listeners? That is great. And actually, there is buried within that, well, two things. One, storytelling. Love it. That's engaging. We've got you all, haven't we, listeners, now? We've got you. And the other one is to be careful with names because it's so it's it's like somebody having a tattoo, isn't it? And, and in some hieroglyphic thing and then discovering it means something completely, yeah. So, warning. Um, but well thought through. And, of course, it's catchy, which is catchy. I'm hoping, <laughs> definitely hoping that way. Yes. This is great. So as I do with all my guests, can you start by giving us a bit of your personal unsquashing journey? Because I know that you've been from something beginning with L to something else beginning with L on something beginning with L. There we go, listeners. Don't tell me I'm not being clear on this podcast. And now Kate's got to work out what the heck I'm talking about. And I, to be honest, have no idea. So I'm going to... Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Okay, let's, let's give you three words. Lurker, LinkedIn, Oh, yes. Launch. Let's go for that. Let's go for that one then. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I found myself two years ago... Um, made redundant in the middle of the pandemic without sort of, you know, an idea of what I wanted to do. And so I launched my business 
Um, and for years, I'd been 20 plus many years in client side marketing in a different myriad of different businesses. And now I suddenly was um, launching my business and I'd been on LinkedIn since 2005. So I'd been around for a long time, but didn't have a following, didn't have a network because I'd sat there lurking. I was one of the 80% of lurkers who enjoyed content, who read content, but never commented, never liked, never reacted and never engaged in the community that is LinkedIn. Um, so I found myself suddenly having to find my voice, find my way on LinkedIn and sort of give myself that tonality. And where do you start? It's a, it's a huge effort to do, um, you know, and it's, it's sort of finding that, you know, in corporate, you know, there's always been and still is an incessant need to be active on LinkedIn. You know, you need to have that communication, that network. But there's also that fear that, you know, what will people think of me in corporate? Are they going to think I'm looking for my next job? I'm suddenly updating my LinkedIn profile. I'm asking for recommendations. I'm talking to people. Am I out of the door in the next few weeks? Because that is a huge thing in corporate, that you are on your way out. Um, it's not just that you want to improve yourself and you want to build your knowledge and your network. So there's that issue. And, and there's also then, you know, that there's negative point of view from the brands. You know, I work a lot with brands on terms of employee advocacy, employee engagement on their LinkedIn. And no matter how much training I do, they often say, how do we control what they say? And that in itself is a real, so to me, a really big no-no. You know, because you can't control what people say. You can nurture them, you can guide them, and you can help them give your brand a voice, their own voice, their own words. But you definitely can't control what they say and you can't stop them from saying things. This is social media. This is community. You know, we have our voice for a reason. Um, so, yeah, so, so it's very interesting that, you know, there I was, mid-pandemic, no voice, no network, and I had to grow this sort of, this sort of voice. And then it, there's the added fear that as a marketeer, we're seen to be always knowing that we know what we do. We, we know what we're doing. We're experts. We should have the, the knowledge on social media. We should know everything. And, yes, a lot of us do but not always about our own stuff. We can advise other people. We're great at advising other people, but when you come to actually looking inwardly at yourself, it's a whole different ball game. Um, so, you know, you have this fear about, you know, is your stuff correct? Are you going to be critiqued on it? Is what you're saying, it's an opinion, but is it an opinion that everyone shares? And where do you step over that balance of, you know, having that voice and making your statement and making your opinions known without hurting anyone's feelings or upsetting someone or being that person who should really be put in the corner of the room. So I had to find that balance and my own tone of voice. Now, for a client, I can do that like that. It's easy. But for me, it's like, well, where, how much do I want to bring across? How much of me do I want to give to social media? You know, do I just talk about my work, about, you know, email marketing, about digital marketing and yawn, yawn, yawn you know, boring. It's, you know, not many people want to hear about that. They want to hear about me. They want to hear about my life as, as you would do if I was sat at a desk in the end of your office. I'd come into work. I'd tell you about my weekend. I'd tell you about what I'm doing. I wouldn't go, and here's the latest email stats from January on Litmus because I wouldn't have any friends in the office, to be quite frank. So anyone who reads my posts will know that I bring in my son a lot. And my son is neurodivergent. He's not autistic. Um, and so that brings its own set of challenges, like any parent has our own set of challenges. Mine are just a bit over here, slightly on this parallel track. But it brings a huge part of what I do and why I do what I do today. So I freelance because it gives me the flexibility that I need to be there for him. 
So if he's struggling to go into school in the morning, I don't have that pressure of, I have a nine o'clock schedule to be online, to be present for my boss. Um, I can actually say, well, we'll take a 10 minute walk around the block. We'll go to, through the park. We'll have a stroll. We'll do whatever it is to ease his anxiety in that moment to help him just cope with what's coming for the rest of the day. Because a lot of, a lot of autism, especially his type of autism, is about anxiety. It's about the, the fear of what's going to come and the unknown. And so it's breaking that down and helping it be more manageable. So the more time I have, the more luxury I have and that flexibility and the less pressure I can bring to that conversation means that I drop down his anxiety levels straight away because I'm not being the, oh, we've got to get going because I've got this meeting in five minutes and you just don't understand how complicated mommy's life is. I love that. I love it. I'm going to, why I'm, should he? I'm going to, I love this. And we might mm. delve into that because that's a, mm. a su that you've got such a, a, a valuable perspective to, to share because you will not be alone on, on this, but get, get me to your unsquashing when you mm. went from what we, we, it's, there's a phrase, isn't there? That's known on LinkedIn as lurking and you went from being a lurker and then you had to launch your business. What, can you remember what, what first step you took to, I mean, was it a, was it a, I mean, I bet it wasn't an instant thing for a start, this Absolutely. kind of unsquashing of your, your cateness, your voice. No, absolutely not, Tricia. And, and it's to be fair, it's still in progress. I am not there yet because I, I keep testing and trialing things and seeing what resonates with my audience, my network uh, and what they don't like. And, and it's getting that balance right between, you know, yes, I still want to get across my knowledge and share and impart that information. But I also want to get across me and not bore you too much. So it's getting that balance. So I started out sort of planning out a few posts. I would try a few informative posts like the, you know, the email stats, like, you know, how to do paid advertising or how to be a voice on social media. And you try and sort of do a few like that. And then I did a few more friendly posts, but twisting them around to marketing or my business, always trying to give that twist, that angle. Um, so one of my most popular posts to this day is one actually about a journey to Wagamama's with my son, where they just gave excellent customer service. Um, and that actually absolutely flew for me in terms of my level of posts. You know, it wasn't viral. It wasn't the we managed to have so much hook every day, but it was great because it got across a message that they gave excellent customer service. They listened to what we needed. And actually, for me and my ethics, my business, that's what I do. I listen to my customers. I try and help them connect the dots. I just try and understand what their needs are. Um, and that was all about that. So that was, yeah, one of the most popular ones. So it's about learning and looking at what people are resonating with and then just testing, trying different things. And it's, it's a, yeah, it's not a finished process by no means. I love that. I, I love the Wagamamas. Yes. Using, it's what I, I, I've, it's not a very original phrase, but I've, I talk about the sweet spot of impact and it, it is that finding that um, sweet spot that where the, the overlap happens between what I call real you, real them, in other words, the audience you're aiming your content at and real world, which in this case was Wagamama's, you know, and you literally wove those together. Um, and so I still think that is a really, really good process. And you've you've just proven it um, yet again. And time and time again, I see people trying that in post. And I, I think it's really effective. But what you also crucially say is that it's 
a work in progress. You're still exploring, you're still experimenting. And I'm six years in and I would agree. So, you know, let, let's all be realistic about this. But but if you don't, but if you don't start, you can't start that process, can you? So so yeah, it's getting over the procrastination, the perfectionism, and all those fears and all those. Yeah, I might also have shortchanged you on talking about any other kind of unsquashing, because you know, specifically a moment you can remember um going from sort of or realizing that you were self-squashing. And for people new to this podcast, go onto my website and you'll find all sorts of stuff about my term. Uh, self-squashing including including the TEDx and the book no this isn't about me it's about you Kate um but are there any other stories you want to share um yeah I mean I, I think I think for me it's about in terms of sort of unsquashing it's about sort of you know just finding how we can approach life and how we can sort of tackle what we're doing um and bring ourselves to the fore um and it's about sort of finding where where we want to be in the, in that sort of position and what we want to offer people that sort of makes sense um yeah so yeah so and it, it's and about... that, yeah and that's not and that's way more difficult than it sounds in a few simple words isn't it so it you is. know when we we're sort of bombarded with these you know get, get your mission statement find your values do your blah 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 and it, it seems like that's supposed to be a really easy thing to do and maybe we even get offered some lovely template and i'm not saying that they're not helpful because all of these things can be helpful, maybe, you know, or you try and it's not helpful. But I mean, again, it's it's exploring, isn't it? Experimenting. But but ultimately, nailing down that, what, what is my message? What is my voice? How do I stop sounding like everybody else? How do I just get out of that trap of thinking I've got to follow these 10 top tips about SEO and algorithms and crikey knows what else, because I am literally crushing my soul every time I try to do this. So let's, let's, so let's go, let's go a bit deep then on <laughs> digital marketing. Um, I, th I think I've got a, some kind of allergy, some nervous reaction. <laughs> you wouldn't be alone. You wouldn't be alone to that one. <laughs> So why is that, Kate? Why why do so many people go marketing like that? I think it's because it's so broad. It's it's huge. It's a mammoth beast, and and that's why you find a lot of people will niche or a lot of people will focus on one area because it it it's so broad and it moves all the time. Um, I think actually beast body isn't the right word. Maybe avalanche would be the right one. It's fast moving. There are always new updates. Um, and things that are changing every minute of the day. I always, I always recall whenever I'm doing training, I never do like videos that are evergreen on my site of a, of a platform because you do that and the next week they change it and it looks different. And the amount of times I sit in training courses going, well, it was here last week and now they've moved it down here. Uh, and they've just, it, and it, it's always shifting, always, always moving. And if you are not in it all the time, you're not working with it all the time, that can really throw you. When you're going in, you've got five minutes to do a task, be it look at analytics, be it send an email, anything like that, you've got five minutes. And if something's moved and you're completely thrown off your game, that five minutes evaporates. And then you have to go on to the other thing you were meant to be doing originally. Or you end up going down a rabbit hole trying to find where you're meant to be going and then you waste your whole day because that rabbit hole is, is an abyss and it just keeps going. So you get you sort of you, you get different marketeers. Now I am, I don't niche. 
I'm a broad marketeer. I'm what you call a T-shape marketeer. Um, and in that I help, I know a bit of everything. I know a bit about email marketing. Yesterday I was CSS coding templates for email marketing. Um, I know about Google ads, paid ads, social media ads. I will do SEO. I will do social media strategy. I do everything across the top of the tier. And I delve into it because I've had 20 plus years of doing it client side. So I've got 20 plus years of knowledge up here that yes, it does shift and change, but the fundamentals are still there and the knowledge, the strategy is still there. And then it's just me keeping up to date with all the little, little changes that are happening. Um, but I find for me that that helps my clients connect the dots between things. I can go in and I can say, okay, well, you've got a problem over here, but actually have you thought about how X, Y, and Z can help support that or how can help balance it? You know, a client will come to me and say, I need to do Google ads. And I'm like, great. But have you also thought about doing your organic SEO to help cut down the payments you're doing on Google ads over time? Because anyone can go out there and spend every month £4,000 Google ads. But what's the end goal? The end goal is you're looking to boost your organic traction so it comes and takes over and your payments go down. And that's the end goal. So it's helping them connect the dots and seeing what they might be missing when they're looking their funnel along because they've gone, today I'm looking at social media. Today I'm looking at emails because that's the time I have. I've run out of time. I'm resource light. You know, I don't have the capacity to do this. That's when they use people like me to come in and go, right, I've seen this in other places. I've seen this across the industry. This is quickly how you can fix it oh, and how yeah. we can do it together and how I can get you working. Yeah, this connect the dots. Thing. Now, this is really interesting. Um, I'm not, I'm weirdly unfamiliar, really, although it makes, I think it makes sense with this phrase T-shape. Um, so, just just give me the definition of that yeah so a definition of a t-shaped marketer is that you are broad across the top you know something about everything to do with marketing and typically you will have one strand where you go down in depth now well, it, take yeah. that definition i'm probably more of an octopus i have more legs going down <laughs> into different things that'll be the octopus sitting here not not the t-shape but but that's traditionally it so you would either focus on seo but you know how it works with paid ads or with email marketing or with copywriting, you know, across the top. So you can have that sort of broad market. And most of your marketers out there, marketing directors, marketing managers will be T-shaped. They will have one area and then they have their team that fill in the other legs of the octopus. If that oh, sort of makes oh, I, a, oh, a good I'm analogy. Loving. Oh, I know I'm, I, oh, I want to, be, I, I am an octopus. This is great. I am octopus. This is my new t-shirt. This is fantastic. Love it. An octopus. We love it. I mean, who, you know, who wouldn't want to be an octopus? They're the one of the most intelligent creatures ever created. I mean, fantastic. This actually is really, really insightful because I now can quite happily say I'm a T-shaped um, communication coach because, because, it, I, and, and I'm saying that because, I'm broadening this out to the listeners because whatever field they're working in, this could be quite a useful way for you to feel much more um, sort of relaxed, joyful and in control of what you do rather than fighting this message of got to niche, got to niche, got to niche, because actually I spent a long time fighting that and I, and it still pops up every now and then, but actually there are many ways of going about your business and you might well be well suited to being the T-shape because you have years and years, as as I do in communication, of broad knowledge, but 
but but then you know you really love and in, enjoy and know that it's a good service that people want in this one particular area as well I love that oh my god but then I too am an octopus so that that's great <laughs> we've we've established our octopus credentials let's move on um right there was so much in there thanks thank you Kate that that was really interesting people should listen back to all of that actually there, there was a wealth of insight so what happens when human your 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 you-ness your uniqueness your voice your sense of alignment and yes this is me definitely being my original me you know I'm I this is what in a way makes me different from you know the person next door to me whatever who's in the same business what happens when all that comes up against a brick wall of rules as in SEO keywords all that malarkey because from my own personal experience, and I know I won't be alone, we sort of often know that there are things we probably need to be doing more of, which are, you know, in that camp of slightly more rule-based stuff. Which, as you can see, I also seem to have an allergy because my eyes now started itching. Um, and and this, this soul-destroying uh, nature of that. So I... I'm, I might not be making any sense, Kate, but I think you probably know what I mean. Is there a way through that battle? Yeah, I, th I think it's to work out where your strengths are. Every one of us has strengths in a certain area. Now, you might be more of a thinker. You might be more creative. You might be like me. I'm more analytical. I love nothing more than hiding in a good spreadsheet or an analytic system. And that's my go-to relaxation zone um, to the point that I wear usually a Garmin that tracks my stress levels. And in the evening when I'm doing my analytics, it thinks I've gone to sleep because I'm that chilled, you know, but that's my strength. I know that that that's where my happy place is, if you sort of phrase it that way. But everyone has their own happy place where you feel almost zen with what you're doing. So find that and then find your team around you who have their own happy places that complement yours. You know, who, who can build that support structure. Now, that could be a different pattern depending on what you do. So if you work in a marketing team in a corporate organization, that could be then you've got an email manager, you've got a PPC manager, social media person, or you've got agency support. If you're a freelancer, that could just be your freelancer network. Just knowing you've got a network out there of someone to go, can I just pick your brains for five minutes? I'm really stuck on this issue. And you might just use them for that five minutes of picking brains, or you might actually then go, actually, this is a real chore for me. I find it a lot harder for me to do this. So could you help me? Could I hire your services and bring you on board for this time? because I'm much better using my time over here, doing A, what I enjoy and what makes me happy and what gives me more, more money at the end of the day with freelancers. You know, you could slog your way away doing admin or you could actually be doing client work and making money for your business. So it's working out that balance of, you know, what are you good at? What are your strengths and what makes you happy? Because at the end of the day, we all want to be happy, I think, in what we do, or I hope we do. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a bonus. Definitely. But the point is, it all comes also back around in the circle to motivation, doesn't it? And, and also the energy that you then um, vibe off, it, which attracts people in. So I mean, if, if you're not happy, and you're just going through the motions and uh, hating getting up every morning and working either in your business or at your organisation, then it shows. Um, and so it's an all round, not good situation. Okay, so that makes complete sense. 
Is there also, uh, while you were talking, it occurred to me, I talk about a thing called, <laughs> another one of my made up expressions, Kate, consciously tweaking. Now, it's not the same as fake it till you make it. Um, we could delve into that, which we're not going to on this episode. But it's about the idea, it's, it's sort of impression management in my world. In other words, you know, yes, be authentic, you know, be real you etc but no not in every context are you going to be all of the real you etc etc so there is an element where you play the game if you like um you manage the impression you give etc that's in the world of communication now i'm thinking that we could transfer that also to the world of digital marketing because in a way as long as you are consciously playing the game of keywords etc let's just take keywords as a good example that's okay you're not going to sell your soul to the keyword god okay if you are doing keywords because you've read some article about it some blog some expert guru you've got some book about it whatever and somebody said you should and at every point that you, you try and put these ruddy keywords in your website or whatever, you're you're literally dripping your soul out of your feet, then that's not good. So this, to me, has a, a has a parallel line to what I talk about in communication. It's about you. You come from your aligned central core of real you. Um, which you sort of feel that's quite it sounds fluffy but you do you you have that relaxed feeling when you know you've just come out of a, a networking event say and you've you have you have driven everything from this aligned core of you whilst consciously tweaking your mannerisms your your topics your rapport skills etc because of where you are and who you're with and all the rest of it and and the outcome perhaps that you want so does that make sense do you think Kate that you can almost apply that to the way you strategize your digital marketing I, th I think you can do and I think with with dig digital and I think with a lot of other things but definitely with digital it is about making those small little changes that make a difference so about those small tweaks that you go along the way with with your learnings you know like like if you use your networking analogy you go into a room and you might come on this one sort of I, I customers masks coming from the autism background from this one mask to today you're going to be this person and you want to have this effect you know and you then see how people resonate with that and did it pan or did it go okay you know were people communicating with you so you take that learning and then next meeting you go in and you put on a slightly different mask you tweak it like you say and the same is with digital marketing so if we have a look at you know keywords now, you were quite right. You hit the nail on the head with the you wouldn't go and stuff them in to a piece of content you poured your heart into or your soul into. Absolutely not. And they should always be there in your mind that you want to write about those. And those are the things you want to talk about. And it should be, I mean, for me, content comes naturally. It should come from the heart. It should come from the soul. You're writing it. Now, you can do your keyword research before that and know that these are maybe the top three or four that you want to, that will get you traction. Because at the end of the day, we want people to read our content and you can put it on your website. But if no one finds it, no one's going to enjoy it. So keywords are a way of getting people to find it and enjoy it. So if you think about it that way, it gives you that that sort of that emphasis or that motivation to actually put the keywords in there. But do it naturally. 
just have them on a panel next to you when you're writing and go, actually, this word works better in this situation than this one. And sometimes it can be a really minor tweak on it. So it could be, you know, digital marketer consultant versus digital marketing freelance. And it's that tweak. And one can get 20 visits a month and another can get 2,000 visits a month. Now, that doesn't make a much difference to my flow of my sentence, really, or the context of what I'm talking about. But it makes a huge difference to who's seeing my content and who's getting there uh, and the traction it has in organic worlds. So it's, it's just keeping that in mind when you're writing and feeding it in without going back to something you've written and going, we're going to keyword stuff and we're going to put these 20 words in because that's what I've been told to do. That's what that guru said on LinkedIn when they said that I do this every day and I've made £60,000 this month because I'm great. And yeah, we'd all love to be that, but we're not. We're human. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's perfect. That's, I love that. Keywords are a way of getting people to find it and enjoy it. That's, that's, a, that's, a, really, that's a really powerful sentence. It, one of those sentences that just has very simple words in it, um, but you put it so well because that's, that's the motivation, you know, and then it's exactly the same with communication. You know, you want to be heard, you, you, you want to build trust and all the rest of it. So it's all very well going in there saying, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to wear that. I'm not going to, and nobody's saying be somebody you're not, but if it just takes that tiny tweak to get those people engaged, that's what it takes for your lovely value to be enjoyed. So, you know, for goodness sakes, don't don't get too arsy about the, about the whole, you know, non-conformist rebel stuff because I've fallen into that trap. In fact, yeah, I, I find that a really interesting topic, you know, in this day and age with, you know, well, I got to, you know, I say it as it is and all that kind of stuff. Mm, yeah, but you're putting a lot of people off and they're not getting the other bit of you, which is, really interesting um so anyway oh god i've done that thing i've gone off on a thing rabbit hole right quick back 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 um practical tip and a myth buster to wrap this up kate so okay. uh, whichever you want to do first let's start with a practical tip and i think for me it would be start building your network today don't procrastinate don't keep putting it off thinking you'll do it tomorrow regardless of whether you're in a business corporate or freelancer just start building it take that next step forward you know, yes, you will be anxious at first. We all are. And to be fair, you'll probably never get over that if you don't try. So just start small, start, you know, and if you are really anxious, start with a closed group or a membership group. I'm part of quite a few of those. And you, it really opens up your sort of, your feeling of empowerment of I can have a voice because it's closed and not everyone's going to see it. And that can be a really good learning space to get your, to hone your voice and work out what you want to say and how you want to say it before you go out into the public world. You know, so so start there if you really are feeling anxious, if you don't want to take that first jump and lead a, into the public world. Yeah, me too. I, I'm a I'm a member of, of communities. It's that is a top tip. That's fantastic. Right, Mythbuster. Mythbuster, not everyone is better than you. We all think that they are. Everyone has it. And we still we hear about it a day in, day out, imposter syndrome, whatever you want to call it. You know, and in marketing, we are often very isolated. Whether you work in a company or a freelancer, we sit here with our little blinkers on like horses, looking at what we're doing, and we don't look left and right. And we think that, oh, goodness, that freelancer is better than me or that person knows it better than me because I've seen it on LinkedIn and they've told me that by 5 a.m. in the morning, they've already done their marketing plan. I haven't, definitely haven't. You know, so people aren't better than you. And actually, a lot of what you have to say, 
people won't know or want to hear it. You know, they won't know about it already. You think that, oh, that's really simple. Why should I tell anyone that? Everyone knows it all. And actually, often when I come out with those things, people go, wow, I didn't realize you could do that. Or in my example, I mean, I'm an Excel nerd, really am an Excel nerd. And I could have kicked myself when I saw that Excel person on TikTok who's now got over 2 million followers. And all she does is really basic Excel tips. And I was like, why was I not there? Because I thought everyone knew it or they're better than me. and They know it better than me. And actually just go out there and start putting it out there. Put your knowledge out there and see because not everyone does. Yet again, you've you've given such a good example. And I've fallen into this oh, with communication. I've fallen into it so many times, that trap. And then, like you say, you see somebody doing this video on the suit. So well, I suppose I could have said that, but I just thought that was a bit obvious. But but and it's not it and that sounds as if I'm being, you know, being sort of a bit denigrating about the person. I'm not. I'm 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 in hindsight, I'm thinking, yeah, they got themselves out of the curse of knowledge bubble and realized that actually loads of people out there have never come across this phrase before. I talk about something like intrinsic motivation. Oh, you know, well, surely everybody knows the different blah 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 blah. No, because not everybody did a degree on communication, not every etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, because they've got a load of other knowledge, but it's not that bit. And that is such a light bulb moment, everybody, when you when you try and throw yourself back out of your own head and into the head of other people. It's it's brilliant. Oh my gosh, there are rabbit holes galore that we could go down here, Kate. Can't, won't. The the whole business of you how finding focus and all the tricks you use to do that whilst uh, being a parent, let alone also having the interesting uh, sphere of um, a neurodiverse son. Is it a son? It's a son, not a daughter. Yes, yes my six-year-old. No, yeah. I've got a three-year-old daughter as well. Yeah. Oh, and a daughter as well. Lovely. Fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Um, and I think we're going to revisit that because I actually am wondering about doing a group podcast interview because I have some as you will know, I have some amazing connections who are in a similar um, story. So I, I think we could really share some great stuff on that. So for now, I do have to let you go. Uh, where is the best place for people to connect with you? Probably on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm always sort of lurking on there. Um, by all means, they can search my website. It's catchy. It's a catchy .marketing. Um, I keep keep it simple, but usually on LinkedIn, I'm 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 quite a good communicator. Now I am. <laughs> yeah, you're not just lurking now, are you, Kate? No, definitely no, not lurking not. now. <laughs> it's fun. Your journey has been really lovely to watch. And thank you for being such a fabulous, generous guest. Thank you for having me, Tricia. It's been a pleasure. Want to know more about staying unsquashed? Then head over to more resources at trishalewis.com. And while you're there, sign up for the fortnightly email, Unsquashed. For now, until our next forensic investigation, stay curious and don't forget to show up to share.